If you guys could go back and give your 17-year-old selves advice, would you guys do it? How many of you would have taken it? <laughs> well, today we get to tell, celebrate transition, and I love that because we get to celebrate all that has happened, and we get to celebrate what is about to happen and, and I've got I've to be honest with you, I am 43, year old, 43 years old, and I just got the email saying that my 25-year high school reunion is this summer. So I, I remember, I think we have a picture, yeah, there, there I am. Um, I remember that moment with my toes right on the edge of the world, right? There were so many possibilities. <laughs> laid out in front of me. I had big plans. I was going to go to the University of Montana. I was going to be a wildlife biologist. And, um, but I had a lot of fears, too, because I had just been diagnosed with dyslexia and ADD. I didn't know how that was going to fit in with college life. And I was, like, madly in love with my high school boyfriend. And as you can see, he was in the Navy. Yes, I dated a sailor in high school. Um, and I didn't know how that was going to work out because there are not a lot of Navy bases in Montana. <laughs> Don't know why. But, and, and in case you're wondering, uh, four years after that, we ended up getting married. So it did work out. Um, he was here first service. And yes, it is Brandon, my husband. As, as my daughter said, that would be awkward. <laughs> so here's the thing. The shift into adulthood gives us some opportunities, right? Gives us opportunities to uh, change ourselves, gives us opportunities to change the community, and maybe even change the entire world. Um, but there's one thing that should not change in that shift, and that is how the role that, that we as the church plays in the lives of these young adults. Uh, see, transition, whether it's graduation or whether it's moving or divorce or, or job change or loss of any kind, those transitions often can give people an opportunity to exit the church. And I know as, as young adults go into the world, they are going to run into people who are, are smarter than we are, who talk better than we are and have ideas that are way different than our opinions on faith and belief. They may run into moments where they hit these real-life situations where their faith just doesn't seem to give them the answers. Or maybe they just have every intention of going to church and being in a faith community, but they can't find it or it gets difficult, and they just get out of the habit. The problem is faith, when it is weakened or unused, it begins to feel unnecessary. And, and just as often as young people leave the church, they can feel like the church has deserted them. And that is so heartbreaking. Because high school graduation, okay, so let's, let's look at it this way. So high school graduation, for these four seniors who are standing up there, high school graduation is this major finish line, right? It's this, it, 
all those years of studying, and, and we've been there with them, right? We've been um, hearing about their frustrations with teachers. We've been hearing their prayer requests about the test that's coming up and the misery over papers or the conflicts over friends, and we've been helping them through all that. And here they are at this finish line. But for us as their church, it can't be a finish line. Because these students, we need to see them as an investment. So, and see, they're already leaving the church. <laughs> no, they were here first service. So, <laughs> um, But here's, I want to go through a little exercise. And by that, I mean grad Sunday aerobics. So if you are the parent or a relative of one of these graduating seniors, would you please stand up? All right. We had more in second, first service. Um, now, stay standing. If, if you have been a small group leader or a Sunday school teacher, or if you volunteered for VBS, please stand up. If you've ever fixed snacks, if you've ever prayed for the students, if you've ever been here praying during a commissioning service for a service and learning trip that they've participated in, please stand up. These are the hours and the people who represent the investment in our graduating seniors. That's a lot. And there, there were people standing up first service too. Go ahead and have a seat. Now here's the flip side. If you have ever had a child or a grandchild or a child you care about attend VBS, please stand up. If you have ever been in a service where one of these students has been up here leading worship or back there at the AV booth, please stand up. Because here's the payoff. You guys have been invested into by these students as well. You can go ahead and have a seat. This is not a moment. This investment we have put into these students, into these young adults, is too large. This is not a time for us to say goodbye to them, but to stand alongside them as they say, hello world. There's more work to be done. And it's important. And so it's also important for you seniors to think about what you're going to pack in your bags and take with you, right? So before I get into that, I just want to say a, a quick couple things about a book called Timothy, which you can find in your Bible. And here's the thing. It's actually not one book, it's two. And they're actually not even books. They were letters. They were letters written by the Apostle Paul to Timothy because Paul was his mentor, you see, Paul had traveled to where Timothy lived. He lived with his Jewish mom, and he lived with his Greek father. And, and Timothy had a good reputation, so Paul wanted to have Timothy come alongside him in the ministry. So here's the first thing, the first point. Timothy knew Paul was behind him. Timothy had become like family. They'd spent so much time, just like our small group leaders spend every week with these students pouring in and investing, Paul invested into Timothy, and they became like family. If we look at uh, the letter Paul wrote to the church at Philippi, we can see evidence. 
but you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. He says it again in his letter, first letter to the church at Corinth. For this reason, I have sent you Timothy, my son whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. And again, at the very beginning of 2 Timothy, to Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. In fact, Paul, when referring to Timothy, uses the word son 19 times. My son, my true son in the faith, the son whom I love. You see, this wasn't just a friendship. This wasn't just a business relationship. This was family. And before our seniors go off, we want them to know that you are family. They are family to us. That's how important. See, Timothy knew that Paul was behind him and were behind you. Hey, Kurt, would you hold this? Look, he's got the whole world in his hands. <laughs> so, um, first thing is uh, each of our seniors will be getting a Bible. And uh, we're going to have our small group leaders write into this Bible. And, and uh, I know there's at least one uh, a couple other people who've asked to write in the Bible as well, some encouraging notes, so that our young adults know that we are behind them as well. And we want you graduating seniors to know we support you. And I know for me, when I know someone's behind me, I know that I can face anything. Because I know there are people who are going to continue to be around, whether I'm in close proximity or not. Second, Timothy knew Paul was with him. I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience. As day and night, I consistently remember you in my prayers, recalling your tears. I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. Even though that there were distance and obstacles that were separating them, Paul was praying. Even though he was stuck in a Roman prison, Paul didn't stop praying for Timothy. And that's got to be true for our seniors as well. We've got to keep praying. I need you seniors to know that we love you and still, and we still pray for you. I can imagine that when Timothy was feeling frustrated, when he was feeling overwhelmed and, and discouraged and completely out of his depth, out of his league, he had those letters from Paul. He had those messages that he could look back to and know that Paul was with him. So just like that, just like Timothy knew that Paul was with him, I want you guys to know that I am with you so... Hi, I'm here for you. There you go, Maria. All right. Because <laughs> I am sure that although Paul used letters, pen, and ink, he would have been using an iPhone today. <laughs> the other thing is in my wallet, I am going to have 
Starbucks cards for each person with your name written on it so that either you can call me up and I will take you out to coffee or any of these fine people, I'm sure, would love for me to give them a, small group, or a Starbucks card so they can take you out to coffee. <laughs> we are here with you. Third, Timothy knew Paul was for him. See, Paul gave Timothy a mission. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in, his suffering for the, in my suffering for the gospel by the power of God. In a lot of ways, that transition to adulthood is hard. Can I get an amen? Amen. Following Jesus in high school is not easy, and sometimes in, in your later life, you're going to feel it gets even harder, more complicated, and there are going to be days where you feel ashamed. There are all days where we may feel shame and fear. It's, it's as though Paul was saying, if you feel embarrassed to follow Jesus, know I'm behind you, know I am with you, and know that I am for you. And there are going to be days that are going to be hard for a totally different reason. Right? A failed class, or a friend lets you down, or something completely off the wall happens to you. We're going to make mistakes, and, and, and people are going to disappoint. And you're going to have days where you feel like you've totally let people down. But here's what Paul tells Timothy. He has saved us and called us to a holy life. That's what God hopes for you, and that's what God hopes for all of us. That our choices would reflect the kind of life that he has intended for us. That, that we would believe what God has said is true. That we were created in his image with a plan and a purpose. And that we can place love and acceptance above fear and shame. Because when we know that people are living for us, it's easier to do all that. Paul goes on in his letter to Timothy saying, He has saved us and called us to a holy life. Because of, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. So, even when we get nervous, even when we get anxious, and we have all, all of these expectations, expectations we've placed on ourselves, expectations others have placed on us, and sometimes we make those expectations. Sometimes we exceed those expectations, but then there are going to be the times when we don't. When stuff just goes haywire. And there are disappointments, and, and there are missed marks, and sometimes stuff just happens, and we feel like we're carrying this bag of dirty laundry around with us. But here's the cool thing. There is nothing, there is nothing that God cannot work in. He can make anything clean. He can make anything right. 
he can make anything whole. No matter what we've done, what we've experienced, when things are working out or when they're not, this church is for you. This church is for all of us, right? We are the community of God. In the beginning of the second letter to Timothy, Paul charges Timothy with a task. Guard your good deposit that was entrusted with you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Here's the thing, Paul wasn't just in prison. He was awaiting execution. And he knew some truths that this message was so important and it needed to be guarded. And he also knew that it wasn't easy. But because Timothy knew that Paul was behind him, with him, and for him, Timothy was there to complete the task that Paul couldn't. And that's why we invest in our kids. That's why we invest in the nursery. That's why we invest in our elementary programs, why we do VBS, why we do student ministries, why we send the kids out on student service and learning trips. So that these investments can work towards one goal, and that is that we would have that the gospel inside us, that you would have the gospel in this, inside you, and it would drive your life decisions. Because God's behind you, and we're behind you. Because God is with you, and we're with you, and because God is for you, and we are for you. Right? Are we for our seniors? Amen. Okay. And in the middle of any difficulty any of us go through, we have an anchor. And that anchor is that behind us is the cross and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that in the middle of any stress or anxiety, the Holy Spirit of God is with us. And that when we mess up, we have a heavenly Father who always welcomes us home with mercy and grace. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father,